garage with phonetic and brains. Yes, easy. Easy, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, long time no speak. Apart from the last yeah, hour, we've been just been setting up. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, man? Ah, life, life, the universe, and everything. It's cool, cool. I actually, I mean, my my normal life has been probably more action packed than my music life recently. Um, yeah, but it's all it's been all good. How about yourself? Yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, busy, busy. Swimming in new tunes, Avery, which we were obviously just discussing in, in when we were setting up, weren't we? I had a real job whittling my, my list down to 10 this week. So big up everyone in Garage who's bringing the bangers at the minute because it's, it's rolling out there. Oh, mate, I don't know what's, I just don't know what's going on, man. It's, um, it, I, I, I really should do a weekly show because there's so much bloody music out there. And I know that I wouldn't be able to stay sane. I, it already takes me so many hours yeah. to set up a show. For me to have to spend that amount of hours every week, I think my missus would definitely leave me. Um, but yeah, the music's on fire, bro. There's, um, it's been, and I, I'm really excited to talk about um, the, the the music this week that we've picked, just for reasons of the way things are going. It's confusing to me, and I, I would like to know your <laughs> thoughts on it. I suppose. Um, but yeah, any any. Uh, any any interesting stuff happening on the socials this week? I I, I haven't seen any controversies. I don't think no one's touched anyone up or been kicked out of garage this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's too busy uh, on the on the political side of things at the moment, and they with everything that's kicking off in the world. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, I was looking at socials this morning because I was trying to gauge what happened in last night's boxing, uh, but I couldn't find any mention of it, which is weird. I don't know. Maybe it is Sunday today, right? Yes, it's Sunday today. Maybe yeah. I just get my days mixed up. I don't know what's going on, or you know, maybe I'm in the wrong place. I, 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 I who's boxing? I haven't got a clue. Um, oh, it was uh, so there was a, a Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul match on last night, which not a true sort of boxing match, but I'm, a, I'm an MMA fan. I'm a fan of Tyron Woodley, so I was curious to see what was going to go down there. Oh, Jake Paul's YouTube guy, right? He's the. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this him and Logan, isn't there? Which, so, which one was the one with the dead body in the forest? Dead body in the forest. What? Um, I think it Lost was Logan. I think it was Logan. I think. It- Do you not know? I'm, that not, was- I'm not at all. I'm not at all up to date with 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 uh, pop culture. You know what I mean? So all, all I know of them is is what I've seen in terms of this fight. But like, I don't really know. You what don't know the whole thing. Of, I'm pretty sure it was Logan Paul, right? It, he. That's what got him like pretty much kicked off of YouTube. He went to Japan, and then he's like, he went to the Japanese suicide forest, like. Wondering what he might Which, find. And is, that, he, is that a thing? That is an actual, that's the thing. A suicide. Man, J- Japan, J- like you know, Japan makes some banging garage, but it's uh, there's a there's a lot of social pressure out there that means that they have a very high suicide rate. Um, I didn't know that. There you right, okay. They're one of the few oh, people sad. I think. One of the few nations that their population is actually on the decline because they struggle to 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 meet people out there just because of the the, the social situations oh, sure. but anyway logan paul goes into the forest he finds a dead body oh my god we found a dead body i can't believe we found one in the suicide forest what was i thinking then uploads it to youtube and wonders why oh. uplo- upset a bunch of people um oh, yeah just these kids i mean i suppose when they become millionaires of ad revenue they start to give less of a shit or need more controversy yeah. to, to to get the views in so yeah. I mean, I sit, they're like walking hype machines, aren't they? I mean, their net worth is something ridiculous I saw the other day. I saw some post on Twitter about it, and it's like tens of millions just off of making YouTube videos. Fair fucking play, do you know what I mean? Fair that, play. That KSI guy <laughs> makes music now, right? He can even make music even though he's 
can't sing for shit. Um, <laughs> and he started off making FIFA videos, I think. My mate used to bang on about him playing oh, really? FIFA. And he's now like, you know, your atypical Lambo driving 20-something off of YouTube that has got more money than sense. But apparently that Anne-Marie oh, girl who made a tune with him was bigging him up, like saying he was like really great in the studio. And I just, the, 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 the output didn't match the feedback. So I don't know. Each to their own, mm. I suppose. Um, should, we, <laughs> should we get back into the realms of garage and start talking about some proper music? <laughs> Probably ought to. Yes, <laughs> why not? Um, do you want to dive in? Should we get, get on with the, the selections? Are let's we there? do it. The top three showdown. So your first one, um, I mean, I suppose it's new school, but they're veterans, right? So I wanted to kind of talk about it before we play it, which is kind of backwards to what we normally do, uh, just to kind of give a little bit of background into why I picked it. Obviously, there's, there's, a, there's a few reasons. First and foremost, it's because it's an excellent track. That's always the overriding uh, principle behind anything I pick. Uh, but also, like, I kind of I, I saw on social media recently, um, actually, you asked about social media controversies, <laughs> probably going back a month or so, I saw somebody put up a post, I can't remember who it was, about the gentrification of, of, of UK Garage. Now, I don't really want to get into a, a debate over whether that's a thing or not, Suffice to say, um, there are regularly tracks that are charting or on daytime radio, um, and you, I mean you probably observed this too. Quite a lot of them are kind of MC led. I don't have an issue with them per se, but I almost get the impression sometimes it's an MC with a bit of clout and goes, "Fuck it, I fancy making a garage track," and enlists their mate who isn't necessarily a garage producer, doesn't necessarily understand garage, um, to make a track for them. And these tracks seem to do really well on daytime radio. They get a lot of exposure and kiss. They get playlisted a lot on Spotify. Uh, but as a diehard fan of the genre, um, I'm guessing probably yourself, like me, finds them a little bit frustrating at times because I almost feel like they're kind of missing the point in the sense of what we do. Do you know what I mean? Like ultimately, like a lot of these guys are signed to major labels and they're making money. So if they're making a garage track and it's making money, good for them. Uh, if they're making a garage track, it's got people talking about garage, good for us. Equally, there's part of me that kind of listens to some of them and just goes, oh, you know, like the production quite often feels like it's lacking. Just sounds like a, a two-step loop off Millennium Garage with some sub-bass line that hasn't really been too well thought out. And an MC who's better suited to drill or grime kind of does their thing over it. But because they're better suited to drill or grime, it doesn't really flow too well. So quite often these tracks just leave me kind of with a bit of a bit of taste in my mouth. This track that I wanted to pick Yes, as you say, is from a legend of the scene who isn't necessarily known for doing kind of the darker MC-led kind of two-step, uh, but I, it's fucking brilliant. And I feel actually, if I was one of these guys that's looking to make a bit of garage, you know, I saw somebody the other day who said, oh, I fancy making another garage track. If I was one of those guys, if I was somebody at a major who is looking to exploit the sound, um, I'd be looking at this track as the blueprint for how to do it well, because uh, it's, it's, it's an accomplished, experienced producer of the scene who's been around for a couple of decades. If you haven't been following him specifically, um, like he mixes it up a lot. I think a lot of people would probably know him for a kind of a, a, what, you know, you could probably say is a bit of a cheesier sing-along track from back in the day. So I think it probably would catch some people off guard to hear that this is by the same guy. Um, but he's, he's, he's really, he's nailed it. You could take the instrumental and I almost feel like you could release the instrumental um, on an EP by someone like Shout Not Fade or Time Is Now. I know, I know, Mr. Brains over there. I know you're not a massive fan of of, of Shout uh, uh, you know, Not Fade. It's one one of the few areas in Garage where we disagree because I am a big fan. But I feel like the instrumental it stands on its own. It's it, it's got a lot of energy. Um, it's quite creative. It's decent. Should we and play the track, the MC... Rob? And then we talk about it after. How do you feel? All right, let's sorry. do it, mate. I'm let's getting, go. Again, carried away. Let's go. Right. <laughs> so we want to introduce it. <laughs> Uh, this is B15 Project and Lord TCO with One Shot, Two Shot. <laughs> 
It's out now and jam tasty. How did I miss that tune? I miss I missed that tune. <laughs> uh, that's uh, education for me, mate. Proper. There's still more to come. Fire, mate. Fire. Let me break this down right now. Have you ever heard of a UKG when I pull up with the wine right now? Have you ever heard of a lord on a track like this from a London town? Have you ever heard of a lord on stage in his own and he shuts this down? Always had a reason too. I guess I got a reason. Talk about spending. I talk about lending. They talk about feelings. So what's the deal? What do you think on that one? Uh, uh, is, that, is, that still, is that still playing? I think it's. I think it's sick, mate. I thought I was turning it down. <laughs> no, I can't hear it now. I think it's sick. I think I think Angus has smashed the production. Like if if if, if you said to somebody that's why the guy who produced Girls Like Us, right? They, you would never you would never pair the two up. So I think it's a testament to how versatile his skill set is. I think it's really it's really slickly done. Um, next time we hear an AJ Tracy track in the charts, uh, I want it. I want it to sound like that. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like that's the kind of thing. It's, it's a real credible, suddenly produced track. And uh, and props to Lord TCO because I must apologise. Like I I was unfamiliar with Lord TCO before hearing that track, and that's not not a reflection of him or the moves he's making or anything like that. It's probably more just due to the fact I'm in my own little bubble. Uh, I hadn't heard of him. Didn't know what to expect, and it dropped, and he rolled on it, and he flows so well. It's not like a it's not like somebody's gone fuck it I fancy making a bit of garage and then doesn't necessarily have the kind of, kind of flow to back it up he sounds like he fits on that track except the track sounds like it was made for him he sounds like he was made to go on that track do you know what I mean and he's a versatile guy because I've kind of gone and looked him up afterwards and he's obviously making some some, some drill and some grind hip hop bits as well and he's, he's like if I'm at a major label right now and somebody plays that track to me I'm going shit those two are worth looking at do you know what I mean? That's why I kind of wanted to flag it because I feel like that you know the production's wicked, and that MC has got a lot of potential. So um, yeah, I can't I can't believe I missed that one. Uh, for some reason, that's not on my usual radar of well. I mean, I listen to I listen to everything in the in the garage section of Juno download. That is my OCD on, in me, and that's I've not seen it in there. So I don't know where it's, it dropped. Um, do you know what? It was only two two three weeks ago, something like that. 
I think I only came across it because it popped up on my release radar. So I got um, I got contacted a little while ago by somebody who's like, uh, I don't know if she's like press or street team for B15 project. And she contacted me because she was interested in me playlisting one of the recent singles on my Jastic playlist on Spotify. Um, and I liked it. And, uh, and obviously I was following B15 anyway. Um, but is it the Millie tune? It. Is that, what, that one? Was it the one, a Millie? That... I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, that's it nice. Familiar. That one. Yeah, it's got yeah. like a guitar yeah. in it. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a solid. It's another another example. It's a solid all round production, right? So uh, obviously, where I've added that into my library, like if you add things into your library, people then are more likely to pop up on your release radar. So that popped up on my release radar, and I'll admit, I was expecting something a bit lighter, like because of what I'd heard recently, mm. and then it dropped, and I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty fucking tasty. But yeah, like it, it had it not popped up. I'm finding that a lot these days. If things don't pop up on my release radar, there, there is stuff that I kind of miss because there are certain things that go onto Spotify that don't go onto Beatport. There are certain things that go onto Beatport but don't go onto Spotify. I don't go onto Spotify for two, three weeks later. Mm. Uh, I think there was an MPH track recently which is on Spotify but is not available to buy on Beatport because you can download it free from the Wild Club SoundCloud or something like that. So you've kind of got all these like little nooks and crannies of, of distribution in the music industry where things are out there and you're kind of lucky if you come across them. And I was lucky to have stumbled across that. But I'm glad I could flag it with you because I, I heard it and I was like, brain's going to be all over this. Oh, mate. It, it, it shows this discussion about how algorithms are so important to discovery for, for listeners in general as well as yourself. Um, yeah. And I think I never trust them, which is why I would... I, you know, I torture myself by listening to everything chronologically so that I don't miss it. And I still miss stuff because I'm obviously yeah. insular in the platforms that I'm accessing. Um, that tune's awesome. I, I will say from listening to the sounds of it, I could, like, I, I, I remember getting vinyls back when kind of B15 Project was out and there was, um, and like Master Steps was making music that was of his era and the So Solid stuff and Mr. Shabs and all that. And I was immediately reminded of like Mr. Shabs. I don't know if you, yeah. if you, he'd done yeah, a tune yeah, called Another One and he'd done that Haters tune, which was a bit near. Um, but the, the, the sound, like the way that it sounded, that was where my brain went straight away. And that was kind of the era when they came out. So maybe there's something about their mix downs and the way that they learned how to, uh, like do a track. Um, it's still of that era. Um, but, I'd say it literally it's still it's still a banging tune like regardless of, of that it doesn't sound like it's out of that era I think it's just the yeah. way that it, my, I can hear it in like the way it sounds to me I can hear the influence from that side um but a wicked wicked selection bro um what what a good what a good find um yeah yeah I, like I say I, I, I'm sorry for kind of going off on one before we even played it but like I was quite excited about it because I heard it and you know I had this kind of gentrification of garage topic in my head having read a few things on Twitter and I was like, man, like, if people, if people, I know, and there are a lot of people that are kind of jumping on the garage bandwagon at the moment, right? There was no kind of organic club scene that emerged from the clubs last year because the clubs weren't open. And I think garage is kind of tried and tested. So I think maybe a lot of the bigger labels are kind of looking at garage and going, no, oh, you know, we can, we can make something with this. If you're going to make something with it, you know, something like that, rather than something that feels a little bit more watered down, um, would definitely be. I don't know. In my in my opinion, as as a, as a kind of diehard fan, I would prefer to hear that than someone who doesn't necessarily know about garage. Go fuck! I'm going to make a garage track and then make something that sounds like somebody doesn't know about garage made a garage track. Do you know what I mean? Does that? I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, that. it does make it does make sense. I mean, I've, I've had a couple of tunes pop up where they're like, it's an artist that has made a garage track and I've never heard of them before, but they're doing a garage style because it's kind of popular or whatever, and it's still like decent enough for me to want to play it. 
Um, but I miss this whole debate about the, gent the gentrification of garage. I, I mean, mainly because I try and steer clear of socials as much as possible, um, just for my own sanity. But I mean, who, is there who who's been who's been crying gentrification? Where's it been coming from? Uh, I don't know if it was like a crying gentrification. I think Scott. I think it was Scott Garcia. I think. Don't quote me on that. Because uh, I'm much like you in the sense of like in terms of social media. I, I log. Like I said last time we were talking, I log on, post my stuff, and then log off. But every now and then I'll catch wind of something. And I saw this post had a few responses to it, and a few people that had kind of gone like, "No, no, it isn't. No. How can there be gentrification of a of a scene that's kind of been fledged in and blah blah blah?" And it kind of went off. Uh, and I just kind of caught wind of it, and I thought, "Oh, do you know what? It got me thinking." And I was like. You know, I don't want to cause offence or say anything that's negative because I don't mean it in a negative way. Those, like I said before, those people that are going fuck it, I fancy making a garage track. Great, like it's good if it's good for them. If it makes their money good, if it puts eyes on garage, it can only be a good thing ultimately. Do you know what I mean? In my in my opinion, um, it's only that kind of quality control element that I feel sometimes gets gets sort of swept to the wayside a bit. Um, but yeah, um, I mean quality quality control. It's like it's um like. That's what socials is for. Anyone can release. And I think that, that allowed the playing field to get huge. And we're now navigating, navigating a landscape where the volumes are so large that you have to have yeah. your own way of filtering. But, you know, a, a lot of the time, I think the fact that it is now more of a meritocracy because labels have less control over who the anointed winners are, when you get people that come from an age where, you know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard shady stories of old school heads gathering in a room crying that they don't have control over the scene anymore. You know, I don't want to name any names, but I remember hearing of the the the, the garage meeting that used to happen. I, there was one point when it was new school versus old school, and all of the old school heads were were upset that they weren't basically part of it anymore, and they wanted to work out how to take control back. And that's because it's not the late nineties club scene anymore. I mean, I was going to say, I mean, that goes right back to like the late nineties. That go, goes back to like the emergence of So Solid. I remember reading. I think there was an article about it back in the day in DJ Mag, wasn't there? I seem to recall you were talking about the UK Garage Committee, right? Yeah. And there was, yeah, yeah, a few of the old school guys in there. And I, I think what they were essentially saying was the what was then called Breakbeat Garage, which you would lump all manner of things into, but essentially they were referring to So Solid. They were saying it was going to um, lead Garage down the wrong path. I mean... Yep. No, but it happened again. Rob, Rob it happened again, mate. It happened when the new school stuff was hitting. So we're talking around like 2010s, 2011. And then it's suddenly about how do we bring Garage back and make sure these new school guys are not changing our sound. It's like, I think every couple of years they want to try and make sure they've got their claws in it. I, yeah. You know, it, it, it could be conjecture, but it's, um, this has gone way off tangent. I suppose it's because it's of that era. <laughs> Um, we've jumped straight into straight into gas in from the get-go here haven't we? Well, maybe we maybe we re revisit this conversation at the end or something i don't know we, i mean we definitely it's something we, we, we want uh, again you can upset people right i don't we, we may, one day we may talk about this whole old school guard versus new school people um but it's, it's interesting to know that there was a feeling of gentrification going around let's um let's skip on let's skip on to to, to the next one um the next one was surprising to me so this is my first pick the main reason it was surprising is, is the label that it was on. Uh, and this one is on Hospital Records. So obviously we all know and love Hospital for being liquid drum and bass, um, you know, uh, large rave filling, um, amazing camp of people. You know, I've been to my share of hospitalities. Um, you know, I've got my favourite DJs on Hospital Records, Danny Bird, if you're wondering. Um, this one's I was a about to ask. There you go. Um, <laughs> this one is a garage track um, on Hospital Records. Uh, it's by someone called Bop. 
And uh, and yeah, random ones. This one is called uh, Together. Gonna rinse it for you now. This one got a, a rare wheel up from me when I played it on radio. <laughs> um, yeah, rare, rare, rare wheel up. It was, um, I think the bass caught me off guard. It's got a few switches in it. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I love it. Modern modern garage, right? Um, I love, it's very I love different. It. Yeah. Very, very different, very distinctive. I mean, I think they even called it kind of futury garage. And obviously the scene of future garage doesn't really exist much now as a kind of self-sustaining thing um but it is it's it's very yeah very different is is a way to to describe it different sounds not typical um but i i always i always have an ear for this kind of more i don't want to say twisted but just different sounding stuff and it just yeah, it, and it's kind it, of experimental it, yeah completely and you know it it gets the hook in it gets and and and, I'll, and I'm, I'm on board with it. So yeah, so this was this is Hospital Records does does Garage for some reason, and I've got no idea why they're branching out. Um, well, do you know, know what? Interestingly, when I recorded Blue Step, the the original Blue Step back in like 20, I don't know what we 2019, 2018, um, I sent it as a demo to Hospital uh, before I did anything with it. I don't know what possessed me to do that, but I was just like, you know, because I've always been a massive fan of Hospital. I thought, these guys appreciate good music, maybe they'll like this. And um, I don't know if you remember at the time, because I shared it on social media, but they did come back to me straight away, saying that they loved it. And they actually aired it on there, because they do like a, a demo cast, where they pick the best of the demos they've been spitted each month. And they actually finished one show with, with Blue Step, and they were like, look, we don't sign Garage, but if we did, this is the kind of thing we'd sign. And for a while there, I was I was sending all my garage over to them because they kind of expressed an interest. They were like, look, keep sending us down-tempo stuff because we've got some projects we might be able to pitch some stuff to. Mm. So even back then, that was two, three years ago, they obviously were looking in the direction of Garage at some point. I don't know why I stopped sending them stuff, actually. I really want to take that up again. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, over the years, they've done, they had, uh, what was Zed Bias's um, alias? Because he did a load of kind of breaking stuff. No, no, before Mad Slinky... Do you know what? I've got Discogs open. Give me a sec. Because Zed Byers put out a load of garagey stuff. Like, we're going... Talking 2002, 2003. Let me see if I can find it. He's got a load of uh, garagey stuff out on Hospital Records back then. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was was confused, right? Because I just... um, I don't know why they, they need to diversify. I mean, I suppose it's good, but... If, for, but you know, drum and bass and the hospital as an entity doing it that way um, is has been has flourished for many many years, right? So, yeah. what's happening in in the liquid drum and bass scene 
that has made them feel like they need to diversify to put this record out? Is it that they loved it so much and they want to get into Garage because they need to pivot? Or is it that it's just someone's mate that's at the label and they decided to put it out for him? Um, I don't know. Is it I, Quest? Whatever the reason is, whatever the reason is, mate, I don't mind because if there's one thing you can always save a hospital without fail, it's that you know when you put that hospital record stamp on something, technically the production values are always going to be super sharp. You know, has there ever been a, a sort of a, a lacklustre hospital records release? Not that I've heard of. Do you know what I mean? And, and I followed them, you know, the better part of two decades. Um, no, it wasn't Quest, by the way. In fact, I'm on Discogs now, but I can't see it. I can see, obviously, he did the stuff in 2003 as himself with Injector. Oh, Futuristics. Futuristics. Yeah, there you go. Collaboration between Zed Bias, Injector, and later Jerome Stokes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was, you're going back to, I mean, they were producing as Futuristics back in 2000 and putting stuff out and locked on, and then obviously jumped ship over to hospital in 2003. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that kind of, that propensity to kind of go down that sort of slightly more experimental route has obviously always been there. Um, if it's at the forefront again now, great. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. That, I'd say, that, I, 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 I loved it so much, I wheeled it up. And I and I can't wheel up tunes because I've got so many to play when I'm doing my show. It's like I don't <laughs> I have time say, must to have start one again. With your playlist in that, you must have been there putting your hair out, going, "Ah, I've got to mix this one in super quick." <laughs> hair? What's that? <laughs> cool. Let's move on. Um, would you like to introduce? Would you like to introduce your uh, your next one? I shall. So I've got another another one. I feel would be quite well suited in the charts. Uh, you know, it's um, a bit of a genre blender. I'm going to try not to talk too much about it this time before we play it. Shall I just introduce him and we'll fucking get on with it? Let's do it. This is Scott Garcia featuring Sweet FA with Anything, and it's available now on Loud Music. I could do anything. That's a song. <laughs> it's a good recipe, man. I mean, like, I, I, I was listening to it, and I think we're at this time where we're coming out of lockdown, right? And loads of people are producing dubs because, you know, like, if you look in, you look in the top ten on Beatport or Juno, there's a lot of quiet bass-heavy stuff at the moment where people are just like, right, clubs are reopened, let's get some bass going. But actually, it's really good to hear something full vocal like that that the ladies can kind of latch onto as well right because it's always been a thing in garage you kind of got that darker side of things and then you've got the vocal stuff on and i think it's like matt jan famously said you play for the girls and the guys follow so you need that balance don't you really of like 
dubs and then vocal stuff. But this vocal, um, super familiar, like a fam familiarity is good, right? We're monkeys, we always latch onto that shit. Um, Leanne's done a great job with the with, 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 with the performance. It's you know she's she always always pulls it off nicely. Um, the production is a really nice kind of blend of genres. And I know obviously like when we were talking about this before we went on there, and you, you sort of said to me, oh, "Isn't that a house?" And it's like kind of like where does house end and garage start? Do you know what I mean? And I think especially I actually touched base with Scott over it because I was like, Do you know what? Actually, in terms of timing, it's really fucking clever because you've had that whole garage house thing popping off over the past few years, right? And then you've got somebody. You know, a, a long-standing veteran of the scene who's who's known for kind of loads of these garage tunes makes a track that kind of draws on that kind of mid-90s house influence and kind of fuses things really... Do you know what I mean? It, it's, I, I don't know if I'm making sense here or I'm just waffling. I feel like I'm getting no, too excited no, and waffling. I'm, I'm completely, I, completely I feel like there's a lot of elements in that track where if you break it down, you just go, that's fucking brilliant timing. Like, this is exactly what we need at this point in time uh, I don't know how I don't know how well that record's selling I'm assuming it's probably doing quite well um, I can envisage that record getting picked it's the type of thing with crossover appeal and I can envisage kind of crossing over and getting daytime radio play as well do you know what I mean it's just um, great you know great vocal great vocal performance great production nice blend of styles um, what's there to moan about I love it Oh, I've got loads to moan about, mate. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be too critical. You've always of it. got something to moan about. I am, because I'm, because I'm a miserable old fat white man. That's what I do. I moan. Uh, things are not great for me. Um, no, I, um, I, 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 look. I get, I get what he's done there. It's like you said, the position of it is amazing. Um, it's, it's, it's commercial focused for lots of reasons. Um, you know, it's, it's got the, the classic sounds in there that are kind of known in the charts. Um, very housey driven in my head. I, I, I wouldn't call it garage. I just I, I couldn't. It's got this. It's got that sound, that bass sound that is a kind of old garage bass. Um, but just it's not. It's not for me. That's all. Like it. it, it I I understand why it's good, and I, I I was still bopping with it when it was playing. But it's it's just it's not a tune for me. Um, but that's just because I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not the audience. I'm I'm not the audience that was designed for. Um, oh, the 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 thing that probably. That turned me off straight away. Other than the, the fact that it was not the right that the old the old sounds with uh, house focus was the the way she's singing in triplet. Just because oh, are we not over that yet? Are we not <laughs> over singing in triplets. It's it's like it was a gimmick that started and then, and then everyone does it and it just it turns me off straight away when I hear the singing in triplets because you know once upon people have sung in triplets forever, right? But it used to be like a little bit that they'd do, and that'd be it. But now it's like every song, the whole the whole song is it. And um, yeah, it's I'm 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 with Snoop Dogg on this one. The hajja, the hajja, the hajja is not it's not for me. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, you know I'm sorry that we're not in unison on this one, Rob. I feel like no, 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 mate. I mean, this you know we're not we're not going to agree on everything, are we? I'm sure there'll be other things that I raise that you don't like, and well, vice versa. But it's my just... my last pick's going to be controversy from the opposite direction. I think. <laughs> When we when we get to that, I look forward to it. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, we yeah, cool. All right, so then let's go into my next one then. Um, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, so I did. Oh, good. I, did, I I didn't I, I didn't I didn't pick it for my radio show. <laughs> Big up Scott and CFA. Next one. Um, I've looked. He self released this one. Um, it's a guy that I've been following for a while. Uh, I like what he does, and he he kind of. He does, but he does a lot of bass music, and then he does two steps sometimes. Um, this is 
a tune, I say, that is published on his own label, Arknade, and that's the guy's name, Arknade, and this is a track entitled Lose Control. So I sent you this one to check out. You did. Not because it, and, and you know, I knew that he couldn't really class it as jazz, jazz step just because it's got a trumpet in it. Trumpets do not <laughs> equal jazz, right? Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it's, um, it's mariachi vibes, really, right? It's more like mariachi than anything. Um, I just, I really enjoyed it. I love I loved the vocal. Um, even just the line, the techno heartbeat, it just instantly makes me feel joy and I don't know why. Um, and it's, there's a nice set of sounds on it. It's modern, yet it's got that kind of the contrast of the the real savage trumpet in there. I suppose kind of um, a lot of pop music's got that trumpet sound nowadays, no right? So um, who's the guy? The ah, oh, you know what? There's a pop song that I'm not going to think of. Um, it's someone, someone man. Who's someone man? You know what I'm talking about? No, no, I've got no idea. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely mumbling into the bullshit era. Um, I, I I love this one. I love I love what Arknade's done with it, and uh, and I think it's slightly different and uh, a bunch of sounds that I enjoy. Yeah, no, I fully agree. With that. That's lovely. Like um, yeah, yeah, as you say, you texted me in a week about it, and um, I hadn't heard it. And I, I, you say trumpets don't equal equal jazz step, but the second I heard it, I did go, oh, "Do you know what? Now I can make that fit on my jazz step playlist." It'd go straight on there. Um, yeah, it's just a nice combination of sounds, isn't it? It's an interesting palette. Um, it kind of it, it builds quite nicely. Um, I mean, I'm very particular about my snare drums. I think if there's one criticism or moment I would have about it, I'd just like a slightly kind of tighter snare, but I don't know. I think I hear something like that, and I sometimes, like, my head just always goes to kind of MJ Cole, and just like, I want an MJ Cole snare on it, which obviously isn't practical or reasonable to expect. Um, he's done his thing, it still sounds good. Um, I would, you know, if I was doing it myself, I'd make a little snare, but other than that, it's, um, yeah, it's lovely. I like the I like the instrumentation choice. I love the trumpets, obviously. I would say that when I'm slightly biased. Um, <laughs> But it's nice, yeah. I look forward to more, man. I've, I've followed him. I should be keeping my eyes peeled for more. Yeah, so that is—he he doesn't always do two-step like that. Um, 
so it, it's it's not as complete. Like some of his stuff is definitely a bit more bass house, if anything. Um, but I, I do love a bit of Arknade. I think his production's strong, um, and I just I really enjoyed really enjoyed that one. And I think the 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 mariachi trumpets like over the top but amazing at the same time um i think uh, if you get the if you get the the sort of reverb sitting right on a trumpet like that it just sounds so you know uh, you, you've got you go get the reverb right which he's done there and it just gives it that that extra character it just really brings out the warmth of the, of the tone um yeah it sits it sits really nicely over the the rest of the instrumentation because it's like obviously he's got the keys there and the bass and and, and the drums it leaves plenty of space for the trumpet. It's really, it's, it's well done the way the arrangement kind of does the question and answer thing there. Yeah, completely. Good stuff. Um, interesting artist on the next one. I've not heard of him before. Um, is he an up and comer? <laughs> well, actually, like, I, 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 it's a bit of a cop out because I, what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to obviously pick my remix or something. Uh, so what I want to do is kind of discuss the release as a whole, right? Because there's three versions of this. So there's the original by about two. And then there's my mix, the Jaster mix, which we're going to hear in a minute. And then there's BWK Project remix as well. Um, I love all three. I could easily have picked any any three of them, but obviously being slightly biased and arrogant, I would pick my own one. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but I just think it's it's another one that's got a lot of legs in in sense of how it's been constructed, how sing-along it is, um, that really, you know, could... Look, saying it's going to cross over, but you know, if you took it back to 2000, this probably would have done quite well. Uh, it's available now in Strictly Flavor. This is Date Night by About Two, and we're going to hear the Phoenix Chester mix. Here we go. You got me muted, mate. You got me muted. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it gets a bit noisy, that phonetics <laughs> guy. <laughs> stuff you do with the trumpets they're all vsts right no so a lot of audio splicing uh it's it's complex uh but man I, I generally generally speaking i find brass vsts sound like dog shit i think there's a lot of things you could emulate with a vst guitars and brass aren't one of them do you know what i mean they haven't they haven't reached a point yet where you can, can do it convincingly in my so humble opinion but that's but that's interesting because i say whenever i listen to your stuff it sounds like it's live and that's why I didn't yeah. understand how do you how do you nail that? Right. Well, I think it helps if you if you play an instrument. Do you know what I mean? You, you, it helps to kind of have that basis in it for, for when you come to kind of start editing uh, recordings and stuff. And I've got loads of recordings sat there uh, that are kind of ready to go, and then I can kind of just almost make them fit and stuff when I'm doing a remix. 
Um, talking about trumpets again, it's been a, a trumpet-heavy episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... it's uh, I, sorry, I was, just, I was just kind of getting lost in that, because actually it was a while back. I'm just trying to think when I recorded that, that, that remix. Kind of, kind of going back several months now. Uh, it's been a long time coming, that release, and I think the timing in terms of it being a summer release is quite smart, because it's uh, another one that's kind of like that laid-back summer vibe, isn't it? Um, in terms of my remix, I've got to big up Maxime Sinclair, who obviously wrote and recorded the original, because I didn't really need to do a great deal. I feel like the, the original one was kind of so strong, but it, it's a difficult one. When you get asked to remix something, I spoke, spoke with Impact about this recently on Flex, actually. So when you get asked to remix something, there's two ways of approaching it, right? You can pick it up and you can go, I'm going to do my own take on that. Or you can kind of take what's already there and build on it a bit. And I kind of felt like what Maxime had going with the original was strong enough that I didn't want to risk trying to do my own thing with it and spoiling it. So I basically took what he had and just kind of built on it a little bit, kind of put in some of my jazz step elements. So actually, I think, like, you know, you could listen to it. It'd be fair to say if you listen to my version and listen to the original to go, well, it's not really that different. That is intentional on this occasion, do you know what I mean? Because I didn't want to spoil the vibe. And I think either one has its place on, on a DJ's playlist, depending on what kind of vibe they go for. Do you know what I mean? And then you've kind of got the BWK mix, uh, which is contrasting. It's a little bit different, but it's still maintained. He's done a really good job of maintaining the vibe also. Uh, but it's just, it's, it's always, it's a pleasure to kind of be involved with like a full vocal two-step track like that that's got the potential to appeal to that kind of wide demographic. And obviously I highlighted it earlier. I think it's quite important to find a balance. Uh, I think sometimes... And I've observed this in the past, and particularly in the forgotten years. I mean, we've discussed it in passing. Um, people, I think, because of the nature of how music it is, and, and how, in order to kind of be seen and heard, you almost have to follow trends and be topical, right? I think over the years, garage has kind of gone from being this 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 really magical melting pot. Uh, you know, back in the ni- late nineties, where everybody had the freedom and the scope to be really creative and. You know, you could pick a Grant Nelson tune from a mile off and a Wookiee tune sounded like a Wookiee tune. Everybody had a really distinctive sound. There isn't necessarily that same freedom to do that anymore. There hasn't been for, you know, since really the MP3 thing kind of decimated the music industry because there's less money to be had. The, the way labels work is different. Everybody kind of wants a piece of a very small pie. So there's a tendency, not just in garage, but in music on the whole, for people to kind of follow suit. Uh, and I think in some senses over the years, at times that's negatively impacted garage where everybody kind of jumps on that. Oh, yeah, we're going to do the W bumpy 4-4 thing. Oh, yeah, we're all going to do vocal two-step. There's been literally peaks and troughs where you can go, right, you could pick out a year because you can go, oh, yeah, that's when everyone was making bass line. Oh, that's when everybody jumped ship to funky. And it was all just because people... You know, it's not criticism criticism of anyone. Everyone was just trying to have their voice and be heard. And the only way they could do that was to kind of follow suit. Um, so it's nice, you know, like a time like now where, like I identified before, I felt there's a lot of kind of dubs coming out and stuff that's squarely aimed to the dance floor to also have a balance of other things, including like this vocal two-step like this. And I think this is a really... You know, Maxime done a, a really good track, a really good example of it. Uh, and, and Ian at Strictly Flavors done a really good job of getting some solid remixes in to um, come and put their spin on it as well. So all in all, whether you're looking at the remixes or the original, I think it's it's a strong look. So is it is it a new tune, the the About To one, or is it an old tune? It's a new tune. So so Date Night, the original one, I think was released, I want to say mid-June. Don't hold me to that. I think it was released mid-June. Oh, uh, and then the remix is... The remix by myself and BWK uh, a few weeks back. That's weird because it's, it's like I, when I see about two, I just I'd imagine it was from way back because I thought they didn't make music anymore. But I guess I didn't. 
I didn't know he was back on. Mate, Maxim's churning them out. I mean, go and go 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 on Beatport and and, and click on his profile, and uh, yeah, like he's he's probably got more releases than than anyone at the moment, bar MPH perhaps. You know, MPH <laughs> is, is absolutely banging them out standardly, isn't he? But yeah, no, Maxim's all over the place. I'll have to, I'll have to check um, it out. I, I love how in that whole thing you were just saying, you casually threw out. When MP3s decimated the music scene, <laughs> just, just casually, yeah, MP3s decimated everything, and then there's something. Blah, 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 blah. That, Do you know that what? We loaded. Could, that would be a good good discussion point for our gassing bit at some point because I don't think MP3s decimated the music industry. I think the music industry's failure to acknowledge and attempt to monetize MP3s was actually what destroyed the music industry as it was. But that's yeah. there's definitely a, a huge discussion to be had there, and, and uh, because we're we're already forty five minutes in. Let's uh, let's shift on to my last pick before we're here till till next Thursday. Um, cool. I, I you know I don't I don't know how what I can say about your your tune there. By the way, the the the, the jazz step mix is amazing. I played it and it's just it's stunning. Thanks, say that it, it, it's I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, Rob. You know you know I respect you. Um, uh-huh. Top tune. If you if you don't own it, own it. Go and own it and then stream it over and over again. Right, my last one. Um, so you know, I've picked this. It's a bit of a weird one because I've picked a Hospital Records tune for one of these, right? So that's not really an up-and-coming label that we're showcasing there. Bit bad. Um, similarly for the ne- the next one here, um, I've picked uh, one of the new Disclosure tunes. So obviously, Disclosure are, you know, we can talk about how talented they are and awards they may or may not have won over over the years. Uh, the, the the stunning music that they've put out in the past. Um, the, the way that they've uh, redefined certain genres and, and made them float on on the edges and boundaries um between genres um this this tune that i've picked is off of their new ep so they've dropped a new five tracker and this is the one that kind of uh stood out in my ears um it's it's a two-step number and uh let's listen to it and talk about it after it's a tune called another level <laughs> There's so many layers to that track. There's so <laughs> many layers to it. If you just if you just take a minute and just hear the different bits that they're putting together, and it's and it's not it's not typical, it's not the same rinsed garage sounds that they've used 
for forever, you know? It's, I, I love it. And it takes, it, 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 you can hear in the background, it's evolving to something else as it goes along. Um, and they're using bits that, you know, you might hear in, in other kind of uh, scenes, like the, yeah, like the kind of the acidy arpeggiator they got at the start is not something you'd normally hear in, in Garage, right? Um, it's, I, I love that they've come back and they've, they've evolved again, a genre that you didn't think that you could evolve. And they've, they've put a new spin on it. And I, I, when I heard this, so when I do my outro to my radio show, I normally like to kind of have even more mellow tunes or something that's just a bit, bit, of, bit of a twist to kind of lead you out into a, a kind of gentle fade out. And this was the tune I closed the show with just because I thought it was, um, it was redefining again. And it's not, it, it is not the, the kind of the peak of a set, but it is very forward thinking and just, and I, I, the, the fact that these lads, the, the, when they started, when they was like, you know, kids and they did what they did, got as far as they did, and they're still managing to kind of stay credible with stuff like that almost. Because they haven't released another album. Yeah. This is like a, a five tracker that they've done. They want to make sure that they're still kind of right. We're, we're making music that we love rather than we're putting out stuff and we need to kind of make money off of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that's why I, I had to pick that show. That, that, that's it. I was, I was very much enjoying watching you enjoy it there. <laughs> I could tell, tell, tell you were just getting swept away by it, by it weren't you? They're, they're, they're masters of that as well, you know. They kind of remind me of basement tracks in that sense, and that you, what you said in the, in the sense of there being loads of layers to things, you can really, you can have that on the background and you can sit there and you can really listen closely and there's a lot to kind of get to grips with. Um, wasn't one of my picks. I don't have a problem with it for Sam. I mean, we, we were talking about disclosure at length when we were kind of getting everything set up earlier, weren't we? Um, and I enjoyed the set, I enjoyed the album. It's decent. Um, I think, firstly, the thing I'd say with disclosure is you always know whatever you're getting in terms of the writing and the technical expertise, the way it's been put together, engineered, and produced is always going to be flawless. And that track doesn't disappoint at all. Do you know what I mean? Um, it, it's, it's probably not one for me. Um, just in the sense of like the subject, the subjectivity, the, the, the subjective content of it doesn't grab me as such. Um, I feel like they're they're one of those acts. They're brilliant. I can acknowledge how brilliant they are, but I, I almost have to be in the mood. Like I, I can pick up any one of the other tracks that we've played. I could kind of just, I could just have that and kind of vibe to it. But like I almost feel like for me, and maybe it says more about me than it does about the music itself. Maybe it's the way I listen to music. I don't know. I kind of have to be in the mood to sit down. I have to make a conscious decision. I'm going to listen to a disclosure and. And I'm going to listen to it and dissect it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the, I, yeah, you've got I to wouldn't... be in a kind of chin strokey, kind of, you know, latte sipping beard mood to be wanting to be like, yeah, so oh, have you heard the way that they compress that drum there in this, in this instance? It's very uh, with you. It's probably not something I would ever, you know, you'd never catch me dropping that in a club. Although, except what you were saying about it being like a, a good outro track for sure, because it's kind of one of those ones that kind of leads you off into pondering all of life's wonders <laughs> wonders you know what i mean you could i could i could imagine myself just sitting there you know mashed out on my brain just thinking about everything with that in the background uh, maybe that's the vibe they were going for i don't, I don't know i don't know but um you know it's strong it's strong it's it's uh, you I, know i would expect nothing less from disclosure to be fair do you know what i mean i think they kind of as you've correctly identified there they've reached that point where you almost you don't know what you're getting because they like to mix it up but you equally know that what you're getting is going to be a certain something that makes sense yeah but it was it, it was just contradict myself with that man no no it, it does but it's like it's like that ep it's like i don't think any two tunes on there on that ep that they've released are similar it's like 
And maybe that's maybe they don't know what they want to do. Maybe they want to make sure they're not in a box, so they're diversifying as much as possible. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe that is what they want to do. What they want to do is people not know what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know what? Um, if they're just making music that they love, and they've got they've, their audience is big enough now that they can do that, then they've achieved what every musician wants, right? For sure. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they probably achieved that a few years back. To be fair, do you know what I mean? I, I think once you're once you're making a garage album, getting nominated for a Grammy, um, it, it's probably safe to say you've made it made it whatever it is you know what i mean they've they've got a huge following i mean um yeah even their their twitch streams and stuff like they're, they're just um massive aren't they just got a massive following wherever they go people follow and, and i said that's a testament to to the graft and uh, and their you know their craft really wicked all right good on you lads let's, let's, you. let's get out of all this new school shit who listens to any of that anyway Let's, let's no, go. no, we can't get we can't can't get out of the new school shit until we've summed up our our best of the rest. Oh God, there's me running. We've got, an, we've got running into the uh, yesteryears. <laughs> you too too excitable. Calm down, mate. Tell me about it. All right, so what? So we go <laughs> we go one for one. So we we'll, we'll summarize the, the the best of the rest. Uh, one for one, single single sentence to summarize the tune. Are you ready for this? You want to go first? Sentence. Single sentence always stresses me out because I'm like the least concise person in the world. First up on my list, I have got the rearranged version of On the West Coastline by Dirty Androids, which is available now on DA Recording. Excuse me. Um, I love the original. Uh, it was probably arguably slightly too fast to find its way onto many uh, UKG DJs playlist. This one's a bit slower, better suit to that um kind of couldn't be more like mondo grosso really if, if you tried it's just a beautiful example it, just the pinnacle of jazz step that's big chat right i just said someone else's music is the pinnacle of jazz step i feel like i slapped myself in the face hey it must be true <laughs> I've, slated, I've simultaneously bigged them up and cussed myself but there you go must be true you said it there we go uh, my first pick is um a tune called tadpole uh, by an artist called toad off of the frog ep they are all real things. And it is, it, it's about the jazzy, live-sounding bass on this one. Two-step beautifulness. Check it out. I love it. I love the name. I love uh, next up, I've got Noisy Crew by Skills, uh, which is available now on Strictly House and Garage. It's just cheeky, bass-heavy, catchy 4-4 that makes me want to groove. Big up, Shag Records. Uh, my next pick is Coco and Hans Glader, Music in the Sun. It's Hans Glader. It's obviously high levels. I love the fact that the summertime tunes are kind of being brought back in for, for the sunshine. Great tune. Uh, next up, I've got Leave uh, by Baclava, which is available now uh, via Ministry of Sound. It's just a brilliantly well-written uh, two-stepper that, that progresses really nicely as it goes along. And it's deep. It's just nice to listen to. Happy days. Uh, my next pick is by Changing Phases, and the song is You Against Me. Changing Phases are merging what I consider to be early 2000s funky house into UK Garage and doing it really well. Check, check them out. Another good one, man. Uh, next one I've got is a bit of a, a cop-out because I kind of wanted to pick a track and then ended up inadvertently picking an EP. Um, I'm going to specify Take It Easy by Eximius. It's taken from the So Good EP. The reason I mentioned the whole EP on Downplay is because it also comes with a fantastic remix, courtesy of yours truly. Uh, but I think Eximius is, is, is a prospect and a talent to be watched. She's got a real knack for this um, 
nice balance of high energy and somewhat laid back 4-4 that just makes me smile and take it easy is a great example of that big up the ep big up andy bizzle each and every next one is a i don't know how i'm going to pronounce all this right so this is now or later uh, and vanished featuring jamie duraz and it's a tune called love like wine and it's the anzai prod remix the the song is as uh, active as the title suggests because there's lots happening in it. Um, it's a kind of house come garage tune, and it's got the the bump to to, to make you wobble. There you go. Nice. Uh, next up, I have got Wilfie D with feelings that I feel for you. Uh, if you're searching for that online, you'll need to put that in abbreviated as F-T-I-F for you, because if you type in feelings that I feel for you, it won't come up. It's available now via Vitamin D. Uh, it's a brilliant slice of throwback two-step with loads of soulful elements in it. I don't know where the vocal's from. Sounds like it might be uh, a, a chored bootleg of a, uh, a 90s R&B track, but don't quote me on that. I don't know. Whatever the vocal is, though, it fits with the vibe of the track perfectly. Like You could have put that out turn of the century and it would have shifted units so big up Wolfie D I'd love to see the punctuation in that one sentence there to keep it that long <laughs> um, right next one uh, Ruxel and Cafe and it's a tune called uh, Lua Cheia I think it's French and uh, this is the Clap and MKJ remix I opened my show with it this week it is a lovely bubbly two step vibe nice uh, next up, I've got Lavon's Perception, Ollie Rant, and L Murphy with a track called Together. Uh, it's available on Dansu Discs now. It's just a solid production, really nice vocal, smooth all round. And if you haven't heard it, you need to go listen to it. It's a top, top EP, City Beats, according to ourselves, right? Wicked, uh, yeah. wicked things. My next one, Drinks on Me times KDYN. And it's a tune called Wop Beat. This is more bigging up the whole EP, Drinks on Me, massive up and coming talent. Um, this is probably the more savage one on there, and it was it was my shout. Nice. Um, last one I've got is Crystallize uh, by Shada, which is available now on Kiwi Records. Just makes me smile, man. I like the, the beats. The beats are quirky. Um, the, the the drum selection is is it's a little bit out there. The vibe of the tune just it's just feel good. It's lovely. Um, that was going to be my pick as well. Um, you obviously nicked that one. I'm surprised that you usurped you. Well, I'm surprised Opperdom wasn't the, the, the one that I was enjoyed the most off that EP. So big up, Kiwi. Um, my last pick is by a guy. Guy? Might be a guy or a girl. I don't know. Someone called Helton. And the tune is called Dripping. It's, uh, the Savage bass is what does it for me on this one. I can't describe it. you just got to check it out. Uh, large up, Helton. Can I jump in before we move on and just do honourable mentions? Because I had a list of about 25 and I just want to run through some names. Oh, mate. Keep it concise. Keep it concise. Keep it concise. MPH, Baker, LeDuc, uh, Hans Bader, you've mentioned, Dom Scott, Oppidan, Shy Cookie, and Pocket. Big up, because you all nearly made the cut there. There was so many to pick from this month. I had a real job. Nice. Interestingly, you mentioned the Oppidan um, tune off of that Kiwi release. Um, did you hear the one that came out? Was it yesterday? Yes. I can't think. Is, is it? Yes. De, uh, what's it called? Delfino? Yes. Del, yeah, Delfino Square. Yeah, I played it. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. I love it. Just thought I'd mention that. It was all right. It, it wasn't as, it, like, it, it was an amazing tune and I loved it. Um, it just wasn't as uh, exciting as some of her other stuff. And, uh, and I, <laughs> I, I didn't want to just go to Oppidan Gushy because we bigger up all the time. Um, but it was a bit, a bit of banging tune, honestly. I, I, um, I, I would say I played it yesterday on radio, so happy days. 
Right, can we go? Can we now go back in time? Rob? Are we allowed, mate? We can mate? now jump forward. Thank yes, you, thank you for your permission, sir. So I appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, talk. Talk to me about your pick for for this week of uh, a tune from the forgotten years. My pick from the forgotten years, actually, arguably, is from before the forgotten years. There's a story from this track. I remember first hearing this track. It was originally signed to a label called Dump Valve Recordings. I don't know if you remember Dump Valve. It was a, a genius. It was a Project Genius set up, uh, and I remember buying a copy of Deuce magazine. This is how far back we're going. It would have been either two thousand three, two thousand four. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say two thousand three. I think it was two thousand three. And Dump Valve did. Uh, it was like a thirty track mix CD that came on the front. It was it was a load of tracks, and it was them showcasing loads of forth, forthcoming releases they had, and they had stuff by Wizbit on there. They had stuff by Shimano on there. This is one of the tracks. It was a standout for me, um, and it was an absolute belter. And I emailed the label every week or two for about two years. When's this coming out? When's this coming out? And it got to the point where it was just like, you again? Yeah, we will get to it. And for whatever reason, <laughs> I don't know what the reason was, it never came out. Um, you know, sometimes plans don't pan out as you're planning them to. So fast forward a few years, uh, and I was working quite closely with Dom over at Riddler. And um, he sent me a tune by a guy that was going by the name Megahertz. Uh, I can't remember what the tune was. It wasn't this one, and it was a banger. And, and Don had just signed it for release on one of the Riddler dubs EPs. And, uh, and I said, who's Megahertz then? Anyway, we got talking, uh, and he, you know, it was, it was a hush-hush, one of those hush-hush aliases. He eventually coughed up who it was. And when he said who it was, I was like, fuck, if you know him, ask him about a tune called Cocaine. So this is back in the, the Windows Live Messenger days, right? So all of a sudden, he adds the guy into the conversation. And he goes, how do you know about cocaine? I was like, oh, mate, I've been after that tune for fucking years. Like, there was a couple of tunes that he had done that, 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 that never came out. Right, so that was one of them. I said to Dom, mate, you want to start, like, literally give him some money now to take that tune off his hands before someone else does. And Dom hadn't heard it. And he was like, oh, let's have a listen then. Guy sent the tune through. Luckily, he still had the masters for it. Because like, it was one of those tunes that, you know, it had been a few years, maybe it had gone astray. It hadn't gone astray, luckily. Uh, so we were able to get it remastered, put it out on with the VIP. Uh, this is Meg. I'm going to shut up. I'm talking so much now. I apologise. This is Megahertz with a track called Cocaine. Can you reveal who the alias is? 
I don't know if I'm supposed to or if it's supposed to. Oh, I'm just, I was just checking actually as you were, um, as you were listening, as you were bopping there. <laughs> I was checking on um, Discogs to see if the ADS has ever came out because I didn't want to be the one that kind of blew the whistle. Uh, but I see it's obviously out there in the public domain anyway, so I don't know whether he fessed up or someone tweaked. Uh, so Megahertz is actually um, Shimano. I don't know if you're familiar. Like, Shimano is in Wesley J's brother, Wesley J and Shimano. Right, okay. Like Dope Style, Baddest DJ, all of those tunes from like back in the day. Uh, um, actually, he did around the same time he produced this track, he did a remix for Genius uh, of The Journey. I don't know if you remember that. No. So that was equally as banging. It wasn't 4 4, it was kind of more breaky, but like the guy's just got a real knack for. Kind of reminds me of Zinc in some respects. He's got the knack for taking these raw elements and just he comes up with these really catchy bass lines that just make you groove. Because like I've listened to that track a million times. I fucking love it. I still love it now as much as I, uh, I loved it when I first heard it in 2003. I can't wrap my head around how he came up with that bass line. It's not like some. It's not like sitting down at a keyboard and playing in a tune. Do you know what I mean? It, the way it wobbles and the way it goes up and down. Did he chance across that? Did he have that in his head? Did he? transcribe it onto a sim it's just so clever do you know what i mean i would i'm happily admit now and never in a million years i could sit here at this desk for a million years making tunes i've never come up with a bass line like that uh, and i think he's been around a million years right he's an accomplished producer he's an accomplished engineer done a lot of stuff with other people done a lot of stuff for other people um, and you can hear it in the production in that tune because like even though the drums hit they just hit so hard i remember being at niche with with dom and he played that. I remember he dropped that and it just sounded fucking epic. It just set the place off. Which is around the time that whole new thing was like, the bass on things really starting to bubble. Right. Uh, in terms of, in terms of the, the, t- the timing of when we signed that track, it couldn't have been more perfect. I feel like it never got the legs that it deserved. It should have been bigger, uh, one way or another. Uh, but to me, it was always a massive track. Uh, I still listen to it on the regs now. So I was, I was looking at the, um, the track list on, so that appeared on Riddler VIP, right? Right, yeah. Volume one. I was just, I'm, and I remember buying that vinyl. Uh, I've got it down there somewhere. And that wasn't my favourite tune off of there. Um, I I preferred the Mark Aaron tune on that. I think. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew before you'd even said it because I remember. I re- did I send you that Mark Aaron track back at the time? I don't think so. I can't, me and you had a conversation about it at the time because I remember getting an email from you. Or maybe I played it in one of my mixes. I, I, it was something like that, but I remember getting an email from you. But this is back before I really knew you properly. Do you know what I mean? I get this email from you that was just like, you know, fuck me, that track is brilliant. I need it, kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I felt the same way. That whole that EP was that EP was an absolute cracker. So yeah, so Mark Aaron was that was like the last track on there, right? And then you had the, the Control S remix of Where You At, which is just cheese. It's cheese goodness, right? This is what Control yeah. S did really well. The um, Dragons remix of Just a Friend, though, was wicked. Yeah, like, that's true, yeah. Had Art for Dodger vibes to it, didn't it? Yeah. I remember Dom sending that to me at the time and telling me it was Art for Dodger, and I believed him. I was like, what? Back! Fucking Oh, mate, Dragon. God. Everyone knows who Dragon was, right? That wasn't a secret. No, I think so. I thought, yeah, yeah. I think it's fairly out there. Of course um, it is. Um, Mr. Powell. Wicked, wicked things. Um, oh, what? Are you, are you, your those two things you can get for free. I've just looked. So the um, the Just a Friend Dragon remix and the Where You At Control S remix you've got for free on the Riddler Bandcamp because they're bootlegs, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then the other two you can buy 
This is not me just trying yeah, to shield, shield to get you some money. <laughs> this was never the plan. No, no, anything, anything that's dubious in, in terms of legalities, you can you can nab for free off of there. Uh, and then the originals are all paid, obviously, still. But yeah, that, that, I mean, back to the, the, the tracking question. I mean, you've obviously said a, a lot about it and there's, there's not much to add. It's, it's, it's banging. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually got to hear it on a huge system. Um, I definitely, obviously, raved to it myself um, when, whenever the, the vinyl hit the platter last for me with this one. But um, yeah, ba- savage, savage. Do you know what, like, in terms of the master and how it sounds on a, on a big system, I've, and, and I might, might be completely accurate with this, I've got a feeling that the whole thing was pressed from an MP3 because I think by the time, you know, obviously with a few years having elapsed, I think the like the original AIFF files had gone astray, or you know they'd gone off to someone else, and I think that all there was was an MP3. So I think, I think if memory recalls rightly, we had to kind of make best of a bad situation. Took the MP3 to a master, master and engineer, and had him kind of sort of emphasise the low end in it that way. But it's you know the pressing ended up sounding banging nonetheless. I think when you've got a level of production that's as high as Shimano's is, and when you've got that synthesis and the way he processes bases anyway. Yeah, it's not ideal to go from an MP3, and I would never recommend anyone doing it. But you can actually kind of get away with it with certain people. And I think the the original recording was so fucking heavy that you know you could kind of take a turn and polish it, for lack of a better phrase. There, <laughs> um, not that I would, yeah, as I say, not that I would ever recommend anyone presses an MP3 if you can avoid it. It's not the only time that's been done in garage. I can think of a few examples, and I we touched on it last on the last episode, I can think of another example which stands out in my mind where somebody took a 128 kilobyte MP3 and went and pressed it up, but it didn't translate and it sounded shit because you could hear that it was an MP3 that had been pressed. Mm. Um, so there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And, and the best way to do it is to not do it if you can avoid it. <laughs> completely, completely. <laughs> what does he do now, Shimano? Is he making music still? As far as I know, last thing, I mean, I, I, I lost touch with him over the years, not for any any particular reason. I think like I lost touch with a lot of people as we moved away from that MSN era because I used to just have my computer logged into MSN all the time. And whenever I was making beats, I was chatting to people and people were sending me stuff. It was a great way of keeping in touch with people. And there just isn't that anymore. Do you know what I mean? And unfortunately, um, Tony's one of those people that kind of, you know, I lost touch with as a result of that. But as far as I know, he's still making music. He was always quite big. You know, within drum and bass circles and 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 kind of that breaks and hardcore. Uh, so I assume he's off somewhere. I'm just on his um, discogs now, actually checking for you. I mean, the geezer's got a shitload of releases to his shitload of credits to his name, and I'm guessing it's the tip of the iceberg. I think last time, last thing I heard, he'd um, he was doing he was concentrating on sync licensing stuff. I don't know whether that's still the case. I think he'd signed a load of tracks over to um, EA for use in one of the FIFA games, and he'd made a packet off that because that's where the money is. Like if you're making tunes, if anyone doesn't know that and you're making music, fucking sync licensing, get him with one of the big games developers or something like that, and you're laughing. Um, or like MTV or one of the companies that supplies music for uh, Catfish and keeping up the Kardashians because they take little hip hop, little, little instrumental beats, and they make you shit loads of money. So he was doing a bit of that. Uh, whether he's studying that or not, I don't know. I'm assuming he's probably there engineering and doing bits for other people, to be honest. I'm not going to say who I would suspect he's engineering for, but I think there's probably some people around that you know and that you listen to, and he's probably on the buttons along the line there somewhere. Cool. Talented right. guy, talented guy. So I'm going to I'm gonna move into my pick then. So we're, we're, um, we're into the era of the double packs. So there was a, there was a time when double packs <laughs> became the thing. 
Listen. I love that you've come armed with examples. This is fucking great. Here's what I made earlier. Here's what I made earlier. Yeah, so this is uh, Pirate Selectors uh, 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. Um, and the one, that my pick is off of Pirate Selectors 1 and 2. I don't know whether it's 1 or 2, but it's off of 1 and 2. Um, so the, the wide boys did did did, uh, did that, and I think they were like the, the ends of stuff in the studio that they didn't turn into full-fledged releases, and they ended up on this... Uh, these, these eight trackers that they put out. So my, my pick um, is, uh, is a tune that we're going to listen to now that was uh, called Moonshine. Here we go. Excellent work. That is a top, top instrumental. Good sampling, uh, funky bass. And, you know, it is almost kind of ear, ear, earing on the, the side of house. Um, I'm going to slap myself on the wrist because it was actually on Pirate Selectors 3 and 4, not on 1 and 2, which I didn't know. Um, it was... Uh, was that the release? That, did it also have like the, the Like A Star remix on it as well? Um, no. Like A Star remix was on... Was that on Mind the Gap? Yes, it was on Mind the I Gap. I get confused. Yeah. So many fucking anuses, it's hard to hard to keep tabs on. Do you know? What? I'm so glad you picked a White Boys track because really we're overdue to have a White Boys track in the forgotten years. Because I feel like if there's a lifetime achievement or a lifetime service to Garage Award, it needs to go to Evan Jim, right? Because a lot of people fucked off when the money wasn't there, or a lot of people fell into the habit of relying on tunes from yesteryear that they've made. I'm not criticising anyone for that. You do what you've got to do, and if you get bookings, you get bookings, good for you kind of thing. The White Boys always were at the forefront when they didn't necessarily have to be making new music, pushing new artists. You know, like that that period in time, forgotten years, they are a massive, massive part of it because they made so much fucking music. And so much of it was banging, and there's a, a, a whole raft of tunes Maybe not the, the example that you've given there, it's a great truth, but there's a whole raft of tunes there that had the potential to be real sort of crossover smashes potentially. When you look at like tracks like UK Shakedown, um, I'm just struggling to think of names now. It's going back to what I was saying about them having so many. That was Vula, right? On UK Shakedown? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there yeah. were a few few Vula tracks, weren't there? But there was so many tracks they did around that era uh, that was just so fucking good. And those 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 UK Shakedown nights, man, they were a testament to that. Do you know what I mean? That's why it was such a big deal because they had the Wide Boys at the helm and you knew you were hearing the new Wide Boys tracks. And, and they had like a little stable because obviously they had Tony South Coast, South Coast Connection, who's now part of Embers, and they had the Holden Brothers, you know who were doing big things at the time and yeah um, it's a great track though and I think that there was that like a star and there was their front remix as well Whoa, and they but were that was instrumental that, s- that was on the other that was on volume one was that I the think. Sides? that was that they was... were all kind of on that that kind of funky bass line jazzy kind of tip it was a it was a real distinct 
little branch of that white boy's sound at that time, which was just fucking cool. It's just, it's got Jim written all over it, isn't it? Yeah. I think Jim's kind of from that kind of quite musical background. And I, and I got the impression with those ones, it was the ones where Jim went, can we do something that's a bit kind of jazzy with this one? I think Ed was kind of more leaning towards the raw, kind of bass heavier flavours. Do you know what I mean? I think you could hear that now in the proper teams releases, the kind of... You had the two the two sides of the white boys there with, with the two of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's so A one on, on Pirate Selectors one and two was let your fingers do the talking and that was their oh. front in instrumental oh. mix. <laughs> That tune, that, I've forgotten about. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That was it. Yeah, because because the because the, the yeah that was the instrumental version of it, wasn't it? Yeah, it had the extra keys on it, and then they did the vocal one where they took some of the keys off. I think. I didn't hear the vocal one ever. I never heard it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's fucking great. I remember Ezid used to fucking rinse all those as well, didn't he? On his on his Kiss show. Yeah, they used to be Rag longing to hear the White Boys track. Bunsen burner. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He rinsed a couple of them. But then this is the other double pack, right? So this was. This um this had white boys on it as well, and this had the one you mentioned before the show, um, Project Baseline, which obviously oh. that's been in many different incarnations over the years. Um, but look, that had Domino on there, Arcane, Rip Lashless, Delinquent, all the big names on here, man. But yeah, the Project Baseline is that was probably one of their biggest bass anthems ever, right? It was huge. Do you know what? It's one of those tracks as well where if you've never heard it in a club, if you're a DJ, if you've never heard that tune in a club, just fucking play it in your next set because I feel like you can't really appreciate how big that bass line is until you hear it on a club system. It doesn't translate well into your into your bedroom. If you're listening on bedroom speakers, it's like, oh, yeah, that tune's rowdy. But when you hear it in a club, it just like the, the sub just shakes the whole time, doesn't it? But even like, the lead-up to it, the... Oh, mate, <laughs> it's such a nice tune to mix with because of that as well. Even those little stabs, you can... You can can cut and blend like ease it does with those stabs can't you to kind of tease it and then you've got that big join out drop with the ease their pressure yeah. and then it drops and it's just like fuck it like drop that tune and tell me that, that not everyone in the club is skanking because i can tell you that it's never going to happen it's just a fucking ah oh, just a rowdy tune and you know you that know, holy that sorry go on, no, go, go, on, on. go on the whole ep i was gonna say that whole ep you just picked up the uh the the, the bass i most wanted yeah there's not one tune on there that i don't fucking love like the the mother funker that's got mother funker on it right yeah mother funker the way that builds and the way that drops just makes me smile um you've got asteroid by rip Lash and sus yeah right? I, I forgot asteroid. about arcane and oh. domino as well the reach out song i forgot reach out mate reach out was sort of, yeah yeah, the asteroid and gangster is by Mask. Isn't Mask? Oh that's, my that's god! That's a delinquent alias, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Agent X. Mask is an Agent X. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Delinquent oh, was Lickle Man, right? That's it. That's right. Yeah. No, that mask was. No, that was my fucking ringtone on my phone for ages. In fact, I've still got that ringtone assigned to my brother because my brother liked. He liked gangster and he liked reach out as well. But he liked gangster so much, man. So when my phone rings, gangster goes every time if it's my brother. Yeah. Well, here's to the eras of double packs. I was gonna say we didn't mention Claire Evers and Snowflake. Um, oh yeah. Which... Well, we were talking. We, we mentioned that before the show, didn't we? Because I sort of jokingly made a comment about you not having the the dirty bass mix of Snowflake as your as your pit. Because there, there was Snowflake, and then they did the the dirty bass mix of something else as well, didn't they? Around the same time, there was two tracks which were quite similar, both very rhubarb and custody. And fuck it, they were like massive up north of Sean Banger, Scott and Jamie. Duggan, not, not, was it, it's not the bomb, the secret, was it? The remix they did of. Um, was that no, was... I liked. I I did like that. Did you not like it? I it liked was just that. a bit of a cop out. Uh, or, I don't know. Like, it's... let me see if I can find it because I've got. You, see, see, you know, Claire Evers PA'd. Yeah. She PA'd Snowflake when I did the night for Slick and Fresh birthday bash. She PA'd it. No, that I did night. not like that. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. 
I always felt like it was a shame that single, because that single got signed, right, to All Around the World. And I always felt, oh, sorry, beg your pardon, I said All Around the World, it's Gusto Records. Are they a subsidiary or something? No idea. I don't know if they were linked. Um, but I always thought it was a bit of a shame. I don't know, for whatever reason, they released the CD single as Garage Downs. Uh, I always felt like perhaps it lost a bit of steam because it didn't go out as the Wide Boys because the Wide Boys had such a big brand. I, I can only assume that there must have been some contractual reason why they couldn't release it as the Wide Boys, why it went out as Garage Jams. I know originally that that single went out on Garage Jams, the label, so mm. they obviously pulled it across from that. Uh, but I always felt Snowflake, Claire's vocal, the, the, the way that track was constructed, and particularly, like you said, that Bumpy London mix, the real smooth one, just had so much potential to be bigger than what it was at the time bigger than garage uh, and i don't think it really kind of broke into the mainstream uh, i did love the dutty bass mix as well like i loved <laughs> the cheekiness of it it was just rhubarb and custard in, in in a garage club do you know what i mean like the bass site just hit didn't it i'm just trying to find what the um what the other track that i was thinking was because I, i've got a feeling it was another one that had claire Evers on the vocal but I'm trying, I couldn't tell you what it's called. I can't, I can't the tell only, what it's called. Say the only Claire Evers ones I remember was was the Snowflake and the Bomb the Secret. I don't, I, I don't know what other, I can't think of what other ones they had back then. But it's like there yeah. were so many because it was so fucking me. I mean, look, I'm on the Wide Boys discography on Discogs, right? They've got over uh, one thousand one hundred twenty-seven credits to their name. Bloody hell! Over a thousand. I remember back in the baseline, like in that baseline peak, right? They were like the they were like paving the way, right? Um, and I remember Ed used to go to. So Ed was the man. He used to have weekly or, or weekly or monthly meetings with Ministry of Sound, and he'd sit down and they'd discuss what records were worth signing. And he'd take tracks along, and he'd be like, "Right, you need to look at this. You need to look at that." And I remember always sending stuff to Ed with cross fingers, just being like, "Ed's the man. Ed's <laughs> going to do it." But like around that time, he was obviously doing that. But like they were getting like four or five remixes uh, a week off the back of like official remixes and, and obviously i'm not going to discuss what their weekly what their what their their remix fee was at that, at that time but mm. like they were fucking creaming it man doing that many remixes they did oh, they were doing rihanna they were doing everyone weren't they i remember there's there's a story there's a video somewhere i think it was taken from the behind the scene dvd i don't know if you remember that i think you can find it if you look on youtube now where they talk about when they did the rihanna remix and how they basically had like a waiver in the contract that they signed for it where the project files they haven't got any of the project files for those because it was so so tightly under wraps that they had a security guard who would come to them every day to the studio with a usb stick with all the raw stems on it and then he would sit in the studio with them yeah this is legit i'm not making this up he would sit in the studio with them while they did the remix and then at the end of the day when they clocked out at six o'clock or wherever it was they would save it all onto the usb stick delete anything they had on their on their computer so that they couldn't do anything <laughs> with it and he would take the usb stick and come back and that was how they did those remixes because like the quality you know we're going back to what we were saying earlier about the mp3 thing decimating the music industry that was at a time where the music industry hadn't got on board with the mp3 and it, it was it was just desperately fighting a losing battle against piracy wasn't it and i guess they were that paranoid about producers having those files on their computer that it could go astray or be reused in some context that they were super fucking strict with it but there's a, there's a video somewhere i'm sure it's on youtube of ed and jim talking about those days and like that security guard massive security guards sitting behind them watching everything they did i can't even begin to imagine working under that pressure 
that's good. Yeah. Like doing a remix, doing a remix to a deadline, like especially if it's a tight deadline, is pressure enough as it is, especially when you know someone's looking for a certain thing from you and a certain sound. To have a geezer sitting behind you ready to break your legs if you fucking click the wrong Completely. thing on the keyboard. Like. It. It's not going to help the creative juices <laughs> at all. Definitely not. It's cool, definitely not. blimey. Cool. I well, can't find the tune I was talking about, but I am going to find it. I am going to find it. It was another. I'm sure it was another Claire Evers vocal, and it had a dirty bass mix, and it wasn't Bomb Secret, but I liked that. Um, there was another one. I um, know oh it was what you're thinking. I beg your pardon. It was Sarah Saville, not Claire Evers. So they did a dirty bass mix of what you're thinking, which came out on Sub Sub Jams, which was on a similar tip to the dirty bass mix of Snowflake. Which was equally as big and which absolutely tore up niche I, around that I'm, time. I'm, I'm, is it a red label? I'm thinking it's a red label. It's a red label, yeah. Was, yes. Yeah. So I think all the Sub Jams ones were, weren't they? No. no, no. Like, just props to the Y Boys because they fucking, like, they, they, they had their finger in every pie there, man. They were doing Bumpy 4 4, they were doing the Up North thing. They were doing those kind of house remixes as well. Do you know what I mean? And they were doing Two Step and they, they were just a powerhouse. And I, just, I, I feel like if you say to people, like, like name your favourite garage producer. Like loads of people will go, oh yeah, MJ Cole. Loads of people will go, oh Sunship. Loads of people will say, oh, I've got Nelson. Everything got Nelson did, or Booker T, or Club Asylum. No one ever mentions the White Boys, and why the fuck not? Because they're brilliant, and they always were brilliant, and they were just so active all throughout, like throughout the history of garage. You know, I did, I did a dissertation when I was at uni where I wrote about the history of garage. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I will root it out for you at some point. In fact, I've been thinking recently about like doing like doing a reprise or doing an updated version of it and like when i look at it the wide boys really are like the biggest part of garage like they're the only people that were like they're right in the early days and then they were there all through those lost years and then they're still there now to some degree do you know what i mean obviously they're, they're a lot less active now than they were but they were there for a long time man and they were an integral part of it and i don't think people give them the credit they deserve even now you know i don't think people even in the know give the white boys the credit they deserve what's their earliest tune because I, I, the earliest i can think of is stand and deliver what's before that let's have a look i'm, I'm literally on disco i'm being a right fucking disco today <laughs> and i keep going oh disco <laughs> i mean it's difficult to know as well because because um they were doing like Jim was engineering for years before they were the white boys wasn't he do you know what i mean so i would hazard a guess that there's well, I know for a fact that there were tunes that Jim had engineered and ghost produced for other people that you would know. There were ones that were in the charts that people don't necessarily know were by him. In fact, the reason he stopped engineering was because he did a Frankie Goes to Hollywood bootleg, which I think charted at number 15 in the charts. But he did it on a day's engineer salary. So someone came in and like went, here's 150 quid. I want, I want to do a remix of this track. Uh, and he got that for it and then they walked away and got like a deal for like 20 grand or something where it got released as a single and he went fuck this i'm not engineering anymore and that's kind of the early days of like that's kind of how the white boys was born because it was like no i'm going to do my own thing the earliest thing that's coming up in discogs here is an official single release for them as the white boys is all i want to do in 98 whether there's remixes and stuff or credits before that i'm just going to the credits but yeah it's all i want to do i don't remember that thing I think there was a few different versions of that over the years, wasn't there? It was on Union Jack Records. Hmm. So there was an original two-step mix and a, and a dub as well. I can't remember it off the top of my head. I know, I, I know if I heard it, I'd, I'd remember it. The next thing they're credited for after that is, as you say, Stand and Deliver on Social Circles. Yeah, Orange Label. But obviously they then fed in with the public demand crowd and they were just remixing fucking everything for them, weren't they? They did stuff with Robbie Craig, 
Oh, they were good days, man. They did stuff on Point Blank. In fact, it's because obviously Russ is putting out a lot of the, the Point Blank back catalogue digitally now, isn't he? So some of those old classic Wide Boys Point Blank releases, if you've got them on, if you're following them on, on uh, Spotify, they're now popping up every every now and then on, on your release radio on Spotify, which is quite nice. Because I'm going, oh, I forgot all about that. I can't remember what it was. One came up the other week and I'd completely forgotten about the tune. I was just like, oh shit, yeah, because I hadn't heard it in about 20 years. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like an obvious one. There's a, there's a good one for the Lost Years that I think might have been the Wide Boys. But it's like a it's like a label that I think's got like the um like the Warriors. Do you know that the film The Warriors? I can't remember. It's it's well jazzy. I've got to dig that out and look for that. Um, I I um there's 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 still lots more to be found within the last years though. For they definite. were they were great with the jazzy stuff. You know, I think I, I loved I loved that they did the collaboration with MJ Cole as well in the last years because I always felt like that jazzier side of their sound paired up really well with what mj cole always did um and when they when they got together and made that tune which for the life of me i can't remember what it was called and it's going to annoy me now is it on the tip of your tongue um yeah it's going to drive me mad unless i look it up right the one that come out let on prolific right yeah um, let me look it up because otherwise we're both going to be seething about it later it's just going to jar us um da, 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 da. i swear i, I can i can i can hear it as soon as you say the name I'm going to sing it into that tune that I've just said there there was nothing but trouble wasn't it nothing but trouble oh, there you go there you go yeah that was what I was just singing chassis looks. no it wasn't there was another one as well there was one UK was Shakedown is what I was just singing UK Shakedown is UK Shakedown was that by why was that was that with MJ I have to check that I no, I, check. Think, I think that, that wasn't I'm calling bullshit on that but there was there was one that went out on um on Garage Downs, that was with MJ. There you go. Body language. Body language. Body language. That was another one with Voodoo as well. Right. We yeah. we're in we've been in this lost year for way too long and we're running long, mate. <laughs> we we need to we need to get we need to get out of it. Get back into modern day. Um that was fun though. Always fun to reminisce. Um always good to reminisce. Say, yeah. we we've been running we've been running we're running an hour and a half, so let's let's um should, should we should we skip the gassing for now and go straight into the feedback? That might be an idea as soon as we're running along. What do you think? Well, it's up to you. It depends on how badly you want to do the gas. We have some interesting topics for gassing. Are you talking about leaving them out? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it next episode. That's fine. And we'll go straight into the All feedback, right. I think, because we're running quite long. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Yeah, okay. So last, last month, uh, we obviously had an in-depth discussion about the... Uh, we, we were talking about Jaguar's uh, UKG special uh, on, on BBC Introducing on Radio 1. Uh, and I was saying what a good look I felt that was for, for Garage to kind of have that outlet on, on a kind of more stream, mainstream station. Um, and you obviously identified uh, a, a contrasting opinion, um, which was that you felt artists might be better advised to kind of concentrate on pursuing support from uh, a smaller niche station no that no that wasn't of... completely accurate no, no? i just said i didn't okay. get it i said i didn't get it so i didn't say that they should go on smaller stations i just i didn't get it why it's still a thing that was yeah which is you know that's your opinion we we had some uh, feedback because actually um i tagged jaguar in the social media posts um when i uploaded uh the stuff to the socials and and she kindly came back to us with some thoughts uh, on why she disagrees with what, what with what was said so uh, i'm just going to read through that now in full 
and we'll see what we make of it. So we've got, uh, just listen to your show, found the question about wh- whether Radio 1 is relevant to new artists interesting. As someone who has dedicated their life and career to helping the new generation of artists coming through, I want to say that 100% yes it is. Here is why. Purpose of my show is to give artists an entry point onto national radio. I play many artists who make tunes in their bedrooms and then the next week they're on the BBC. Very often I play acts who get signed to labels or send tunes to other dance shows like Pete Tong, Annie Mack and Danny H. Uh, they often play tracks I've premiered on my show first. I've been playing Cortez, who you say you're a fan of, because I was hyping up Cortez last week when I, I, I love Cortez. Uh, I've been playing Cortez for over a year and they got a publishing deal as a result of Radio 1 play. I would say that it's definitely something new acts should aspire to as Radio 1 uh, play can lead to life-changing opportunities. Introducing has also launched the careers of Prosper, Shigel, Tom Everett, LF System, Meg Ward, McClava and countless others. We've built hugely active a community around the show. Many artists I play become friends and collaborate and it's amazing to see. On top of that, we give artists opportunities to play on BBC introducing stages at festivals like Glastonbury, Reading and Leeds, Latitude. Uh, supporting new uh, new trip over my words here. Supporting new artists is our lifeblood. So yes, I would say it's important and crucial for any emergency emerging artist to aspire to get played on Radio One. Yeah, I, I'm 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 flattered that she listened because I I I didn't think I, I well I, just, I I didn't think she'd take the time to to see what to 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 old husbands has been talking about um on on a podcast for for the three people that are listening. Thank you for your listenership. <laughs> um, all three of you um yeah i you know i i, I get it I, I i get i get i get her point and um and and i'm glad that she had the opportunity to respond to us and put her thoughts into it i guess i said what i had to in the last episode so i won't go over again what i feel like but um i'm yeah i'm i'm, I'm flattered that she took the time to actually listen and come back thank you so much for responding um and and just letting us know your thoughts and uh and yeah uh, please keep keep fighting the good fight for new music i i did round up in the last show that I would happily play on Radio One, so yeah, I'm f- fully jealous of what you do. So it's so, a so best of luck to you, and um, and thank you for what you do. And she has been rapping, rapping uh, a new single. I've got forthcoming with uh, Laura Alice as well. So thanks, thanks for that also, because that's always a good look. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's, it, it was great to see when like Laura Alice has been pushing a lot that bit that BBC Institution has been putting her out there, and it's it's great for her. So uh, it's uh, yeah. I, I can't wait to see where that goes for her. It's brilliant. And uh, and obviously, it's great that you, uh, a scrappy upstart that's not been in the scene very long, is getting some, some airtime on, on Radio 1 as well. <laughs> Congratulations, Rob. It's nice to see you're out there. <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, thanks again, Jaguar. I really, really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess that's it, man. I'd say I did, I did want to spend some time uh, in, in the gassing section, but there's always next episode for that. I think we've gone... We've definitely weaved our way across topics to end up in lots of different corners um, to for get sure. here. I think, I think the topics we had kind of earmarked for discussion, are, are, they aren't like ones that are sort of time sensitive anyway, so we could discuss them at any point and they're still going to have the same legs. Um, so perhaps next month, if we don't end up gassing for too much <laughs> before we get there. Completely. <laughs> Um, we, we never threw out there. So the, the tunes we discussed this week will end up on the, in the, in the garage recommended playlist on spotify quick shortcut to get that is in the ukgarage.com forward slash recommend um kindly curated uh, by by mr robert there you, you're obviously the the, <laughs> the spotify <laughs> g uh, thank you for keeping that up 
I can't afford the ten pounds nah, a good. month to, to have the Spotify. So <laughs> we, we need you there, definitely. Um, yeah, I guess to, if you want to send feedback to us, uh, we actually got hit up on on the Instagrams there from from Jaguar. So thank you for coming to us. And that's uh, so across the socials, we are at in the UK garage. You can also drop us an email to feedback at in the UK garage dot com. Uh, we're on all of the the magical platforms to subscribe to. Um, just search us up. Uh, in the garage with an excellent brains, and you should find the things that we do. I guess that's a show, sir. Indeed. Yeah. It's a good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed man. It. I, I, I say, I do, do love catching up with you when we get the chance. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, we'll just, I guess we'll throw that out here and see how many people stay awake till the very end. If you stayed awake <laughs> till the very end, please uh, smash that like, hit subscribe, you know, all the, all the things the kids do. Um, and I guess we'll catch you in, in the next one, man. Um, yeah. Nice one, Rob. Big up your chest. Looking forward to it, mate. All right. And you. Until next time, take it easy. Take it easy, bro. There you are. You get me? In the garage with fanatics and brains.